Okay, welcome to episode 81 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. My name's Tony. I'm joined again by the co- podcasting, comic writing, dog handling, godfather of Brotty Ferry, Mr. Tom Stewart. How you doing, dude? Hello, how you doing? <laughs> that, uh, the dog handling bit just sounded a bit wrong all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, I changed that. Comic writing, dog wanking, godfather of Brotty Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. There we go. <laughs> I feel a bit bad because I've sent you. I um, I had a I've had a recent wind up of sending people made up postcards to made up people, and uh, I may have I may have caused you to think you had a stalker. <laughs> it's it's okay. I only uh, mildly implied that I was going to go to the police if we got any more. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I might have plums for tea. That's how I finished it. Quite proud of it. It was all meant in good faith. Yeah, there's no criminal intent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It'll make for a good story later on, it I'll will. tell you. Yeah, it will. Um, <laughs> good. Um, how you been, man? How you, it's about a month and a half since we spoke last. I just seeing how you are. How's it going? Yeah, good, man. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what? It's, that month and a half has totally whizzed by as well. Um, yeah, I don't know where yeah. I am these days. Yeah. No, not at all. I've, I've been working kind of constant as well, and... Uh, I was actually meant to, believe it or not, I was actually meant to have new episodes out of the podcast as well, and I have accidentally overrun, because I, I didn't even realise what week we were on. Right, okay. Um, yeah. I've got, I've got, got the last one, ready. was it last week I got the last one through? I've been listening to it last few days. Uh, it was like two weeks ago. Wow, or something okay. Like that. Yeah, yeah, actually it may have even been three. Oh, okay, um, right. Yeah, I just, it's t- by total mistake. I've just right. lost all concept of time whatsoever. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, it was a very good one, and I lo- it's that comic smell for those listening. We'll repeat it at the end, but oh yes, it's a very good one. And Mike, um, Mike was very funny in that one, unzipping his trousers at one point. <laughs> well, that's a regular thing. <laughs> at least you only get the audio. We've got to sit on the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh no, I could join in at any time. The um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, man. And it was all about comic reading intentions or something wasn't it yeah well we always um well we've now started a new thing where we do it's intention fails so it's ones that we've um put on the shelf um and then kind of forgot about we've intended to read them and then never got around to it so we kind of force ourselves to read them and then have to report back at the end of the year and say whether we've actually read them and whether we enjoyed them and what it was and whether it now meets our thing of excellence or fuck off Right, so does, that's a good idea because there's so much. Yeah. I sit, there's so much sitting next to me even now that I haven't read yet. You know, especially when you yeah. buy an omnibus, I find I like I love. I'll get excited when an omnibus arrives, and I might read a couple of issues and then put it aside. And I think I'll get back to that. I'll do a deep read on that one. Yeah, and then I never seem to have the time. You know, sort of you run out of time, don't you? Yeah. Well, there was one in particular because um, I've already cracked into my ones for for this year. I normally leave it until sort of the latter half of the year, but the way everything is, is I just cracked on. And uh, one of them I had actually read about, I think it was like 150 pages worth and thought it was good. And then when I read the rest of it, I thought, oh, no, this is awful. Oh, no. It just, okay. Yeah, it just, got, it just got so much worse. Um, so it's it's unfortunately met the uh, the fuck it off pile at the end of it. Um, <laughs> You're a bit of a recycler, though, aren't you? So you, you do, what, a hand forward or maybe eBay or whatever it's going to be some books, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do a mixture. Um, I'll right. put, uh, yeah. some, some of the stuff, I'll, I mean, if it's a, a good Nick book, because I just, you know, I buy stuff just to read it, so I don't really care about the condition a lot of the time. Yeah, um, me too, man. So, yeah. yeah, so if it's a, so if it's a good Nick book, I'll, I'll tend to, I mean, try and flog it on and, and put it on eBay or whatever. 
But if it's something a bit more ratty or <clears throat> or something that one of the guys had said that they want to read, I'll sort of pass it on to them and they can maybe pass it on to the kids or whatever. Or we've got like a book thing along at the the co-op along the road. So they actually do like a, <clears throat> a book. Um, you just put on change for, I think it's a mental health charity. Oh, cool. And you get to do yeah. like a book exchange thing. But I've, I've picked up issues of X-Men and stuff. You know, like the little kid-size ones. Oh, I know. Yeah, like the digest-size yeah. ones. They did the Cockroom and they did the Burn stuff, didn't they, in those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's them and them and uh, some of the, like, I don't I think it's the Eagle Moss um, Marvels and stuff like that. Oh, they I were know. along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they were along at the, the co-op, so I've got some of them, and I've handed, like, a bunch of stuff in and, like, books and stuff along there as well. So, yeah, bit of a recycler, mate. Yeah. Good. Well, talking about books that we have and we haven't read, and am I right in saying that this book we're going to talk about tonight is something you owned and hadn't got round to at that point, is that right? Or had you read it? Uh, no, I hadn't read it, and it was actually one of my intention fails for this year. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Did you want to let... So this is a challenge I gave you, because we're obviously the the year point of this um, ridiculous lockdown and this ridiculous podcast. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, I said, well, why don't, why don't I choose for a change? And I, I challenged you with a book. I think we did it off air on this one, didn't we? Yeah, um, we did. We did. Did you, you want to let everyone you, know what it was? Yeah, you had said to me, "Do you have Box Office Poison by Alex Robinson?" Yeah, and uh, I initially said to you, "Oh, I think I've heard of that," uh, and turned to my right where my bookcase is, and it was sitting there front and center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and what a what a tome! It's like yeah, a big phone book size. I'm sorry thing, about yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, no, it's great. the second longest read after um, Al Henderson got us to read. Or reread Martha Washington, which was a quite a, quite a feat. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a favourite of mine. I read it in issues out yeah. of Antarctic Press, who we'll talk about in a bit. Um, and I, it was just one of those books that sometimes when you find the first issue and you stick with it, you kind of because it, it, it wasn't an easy book to find. Okay. I think a couple of them I had to go to back issues and stuff, or I yeah. think I got them at Mega City in Camden. But the because right. um, I because I saw the first one I stuck with it. I think if I'd have seen issue three, I might not have jumped on board this really, much to my regret, as I would say. But um, yeah, I read it in issues and then I bought the trade later on. But did you go went straight to trade? I'm guessing. Yeah, I did. I actually picked this up at a boot sale. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, some guy was shutting down his uh, his like comic booth that he had at this um, boot sale, and. Uh, this one just was actually sitting on top of a pile of a bunch of like old marvels and stuff, and uh, I just I went, "What the hell is this?" And the guy said, uh, "What kind of stuff are you into?" And when I just rattled off a bunch of titles, he goes, "Just, just take it." He goes, uh, "Fiver." Okay, like, oh, perfect. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just a to- on a total whim. Um, not even really. I'd I'd known known the name Alex Robinson because I'd heard it mentioned. Uh, I think on a couple of different podcasts, but never actually read any of his stuff. Um, okay. And yeah, it was uh, it's the a uh, fourth printing of the uh, the top shelf collection. Yeah, which is where he went to. So it started at Antarctic Press as singles, and then he went to top shelf, which yeah. is now part of IDW. Obviously, um, mm. it's it's had a different a couple of different trade dresses. The one mm-hmm. I've got is the same as yours, which is a sort of four coloured box pop art cover. Yep. Um, yeah, there's been one that looks a bit like a sort of fake VHS, American VHS sleeve, you know, like the cardboard okay. sleeve. Yeah, yeah. For the record at home ones. Um, so, Box Office Poison by Alex Robinson, as you said, it's 21 issues. 
ran from 1996 to 2000. Um, the French translation won the won. Uh, um, no, sorry, the French translation I think was war um, was an, a nominee at Angoulême. Um, AV the AV Club said it was the best comic of 2000 to 2010. Oh, mm, surprised. Um, the, cl- <laughs> <laughs> the collected edition is, as you say, six hundred pages long. And um, Robinson claims he was inspired by by Sim, Dave Sim, and the Cerebus volumes. And it's a similar. In fact, I think it's probably bigger than a lot of the Cerebus stuff. I'm just looking behind me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's is, it, probably... is it big bigger than collections? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a book called. Oh shit! There's a book called uh, <laughs> "True Story, Swear to God" by um, Tom Belland, and um, it's a similar. I've got them next to each other, a similar sort of size to that. If anyone knows what that book is, um, but there's box office more box office poison. So bop more boxes box office poison. You often see it referred to as bop b o p. Yeah. Um, and he won. I think he won an Eisner for emerging talent. I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, um, okay. The frame, the phrase comes from the movie Mummy Dearest, uh, box office oh. poison. I think is, is it Betty Davis? It's said to Betty Davis, I believe, um, okay. or somebody who of the female characters. Maybe um, <laughs> it's to me about everyday people, isn't it? Did you want to just give a little? Don't don't go mad because I know there's there's about eighty four interconnecting stories in this, but just sort of general <laughs> general idea of what it's about. Um, yeah. Uh, so it kind of it. It kind of follows, in a way, a group of friends, but it starts off by following one character in particular of Sherman, but I can't remember his second name. Sherman Davis, yeah. Davis, that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, And it kind of follows him, but tangentially shows his pals, that one he ends up moving in with and one that he's got with him so ed that he's got with him and Stephen and jane that he, he ends up moving in with yeah and it kind of follows him and then his relationship and his friendships along the way and it it just kind of goes through the the years and all this sort of knock-on effect stuff that happens basically like day-to-day life like the yeah. people that you meet at work the people that you meet um whilst going on a night out um the things that subsequently happen along the way and who you bump into and all this kind of stuff and then it goes delves into bits bits and bobs along the way offshoots of yeah each of their life stories and uh, other people and other relationships and and, and other characters it spreads out like a, an association chart or like a yeah. spider's web doesn't it of yeah. friendships and stories are connected to them i um i actually think he really captures characters i think that's the main reason i like this book yeah, um, very much so. And the characters, I know we had a quick chat about it, you, and, and I know you're going to say there's a there's there's a similarity to a certain movie director, but yeah. for, for me, this is this comes from a period in the 90s before everyone believed, oh, follow your goals and you will be a singer, you know, and like the five-minute fame of Instagram and stuff. These are yeah. more genuine people than that, I think, to me. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, very much so. Um, it's a... Uh... Do you know what? It's it's kind of almost it, it kind of streams out of that um, sort of Richard Linklater slacker sort yeah, of thing, yeah. um, which as I've well I'll 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 say it, I find it very nineties like a Kevin Smith movie. I had said yeah. that to you, and it is very much like that, and in, in the way that people talk and their relationships and everything, and the way that, the way the story kind of is paced out and everything as well. Yeah, it's clerks, it, isn't it, as opposed to yeah. 
yes, more rats maybe, yes. or even chasing Amy. It's well, no, chasing Amy is probably a good example. I think. Yeah, isn't it? I yeah. think chasing Amy. Chasing Amy is the biggest comparison that I made. Yeah, was because obviously the subject matter as well. There's a lot of cartoonists and comic yeah. things that are going on, um, which that's another thing throughout it is that this story is obviously told by somebody who is either in the business, has tried to get in the business, or is a cartoonist of some sort because there is everything revolves around some form of writing or cartooning or something like that yeah i agree man so let's 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 take a stroll through the characters so you've got sherman davis who is uh, even at if you watch any interviews with um robinson about this he says it started off as his book it started off as his character he was Mm -hmm. his favorite one and it doesn't go that way um it it he shows much more interest in other characters as we go along. Um, mm-hmm. But to start with, um, it goes on about Sherman. And Sherman is um, a rude and bored bookstore worker. Um, and I'm doing that thing with my fingers, prospective writer. <laughs> um, he's someone who's decided he's a writer before being one, I think. Yeah. Um, he's, he initially goes out with a girl called Sally, who's a sort of the original goth girlfriend character. Um, and that's short-lived before he meets Trouble. I'm going to say she's a... She she's got trouble written all over, and that's Dorothy Lestrade, um, mm-hmm. who becomes his girlfriend. Um, she he moves into a flat with Stephen and Jane, Jane Picard and Stephen Goodell. Stephen's a historian, a sort of university lecturer, and Jane is another. So this is they've got two characters who do this. Jane is um a cartoonist, more of a sort of graphic novelist. I'm going to say, yes, um, yeah, yeah. And she, her dad looks like Kurt Vonnegut, which I thought was oh, quite yeah. cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Dorothy is a, is also a writer, so she's a writer at. Um, well, uh, she she turns out to be actually not bad as a writer, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She's actually a really good columnist. Yeah. Um, who kind of strikes it pretty big, but um, yeah, she turns out to be pretty good, pretty a pretty good writer. Who up until the point where she writes something, you just think is all bravado and yeah, and nobody believes you know, anything she says. Because you're led to yeah. believe she's a liar, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, now um, Jane hates her because it turns out that the previous flatmate to Sherman moving into this pair was Dorothy, and it's like kind of Jane's nightmare that it's turned out to be this woman um, yes. who is, we'll get into her traits in a minute, I'm sure, but the <laughs> Sherman's favourite, so Sherman's friend, best friend, is a guy called Ed, Ed Valesquez, um, who is a more of a traditional comic artist. He, he draws a sort of fantasy sci-fi series, um, and he... He became my favourite character, I think. Okay. Um, and oh, I mean, I, on, I mean, I love him. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, he's not my favourite, but yeah, he's definitely he's a good character. He's, he's they're all real. To be fair, they all seem yeah exceptionally real in it. And he's a comic artist who goes into Zoom comics, which is may as well just have Marvel written rather than Zoom. Um, yeah, I was I was a bit. <sighs> I was kind of trying to figure out if it was Marvel or DC or uh, if it's just the fact that it just takes traits from them both. It's just that somebody mentions Marvel at some point. You've got the JC thing, haven't you, which I'm guessing is Stan Lee. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a bit of both. It could, Yeah, I see what you mean. It could be easily be both, couldn't it? Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. from the period he was drawing characters back in the day would have been a DC kind of vibe, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Because there's a it's Batman always- touch to his character, isn't there? Yeah, it's all the stuff with the original owners and stuff that comes up in his his history as well. Yeah. I was sitting like, oh, it's all sort of mob heavy in that. That sounds that sounds very sort of DC startup. Yeah, and it's um 
it, it harks back to a couple of episodes ago when me and Eamon were talking about, you know, Kirby and Lee and, you know, yeah. all these all these guys and how it started and how it ended and how they were to, certain people were taken advantage of and certain people weren't. And yeah, yeah, there's a bit of that. So there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a story that runs along the same time. So they all run, you know, chronologically together. There's a soap yeah. opera element to it. But Ed goes in, tries to show a comic and gets told no. Um, and he says, well, we are looking, there is an artist looking for an assistant and it's um, Irving Flavor. who's <laughs> just <laughs> it's a genius character who wears a series of rather bad syrups. And it's clearly some kind of Jack Kirby, um, Starenko. Um, there's a metaphor for a number of people there, aren't they? You know. Yeah. Well, I pick, I, I sort of picked up on the sort of Bill Finger yeah. aspect yeah. as well, but just because of the the way Kirby was treated, Kirby wouldn't take the kind of crap that Flavor took at the start. He would just kind of get on with it. Yeah. Whereas I think Finger was more of a a sort of broken character. Yeah, you know, so it, it he does. He just takes he takes aspects of what is sort of comic industry gossip and puts it all together into one character of all the the sort of sad tales, you know. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's a he's a he's an old, very old, tragic guy. Um, the and the other one I wanted to mention was Hilda Hildy Kierkegaard, who is um, turns out to be something of a love interest for Ed, which is like almost like the the most heartening moment of the. Book. Look. It is. It is. Yeah. I've, 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 when going through it, um, now I'd said to you I'd made notes as I was going through yeah. it, um, more from my memory than anything else. But the bit when uh, the bit when Ed and Hildy actually end up sitting down to oh. even just chat, I've, I've actually written a big massive thing saying, "Finally!" Yeah, I'm almost cheering. But, yeah, yeah, because it's <laughs> there's a real element to it because he he ends up getting quite drunk to get the courage to talk to this sort of slightly flaky girl at a party 50 pages before that wasn't there and yeah. um they end up like snogging on the couch and it's like the best thing that's ever happened to him and when yeah. there's one scene where people talk about their first sexual experience and he sort of just excuses himself yeah, yeah. this sort of thing so it's, it's it's very sensitive to it um but yeah so so that's kind of the core group but around that there's probably 20 30 40 more characters aren't there who sort of eke in yeah. and out of it um and he draws he draws them very identifiably. There's there's few lines to some of them, but you get who all they are to such a point where there's a couple of skits where they they swap their sexes or age them or make them younger, but you know who they are immediately. You know. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. He's he's made sort of definable features in each one of them, like a certain kind of nose or a, an eye line or a haircut or something that he's in, yeah. then able to incorporate throughout it. Yeah, those those pages. Those bits that obviously would have started every issue, yeah. Um, of this, this sort of uh, how many panels? I think it's like eight panels a page or something. Yeah, something like six to eight, panels. isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they ask a question and then it goes through the characters and their answers. They were fantastic. They're lovely I, little I think... palette cleansers, aren't they? I think they actually, yeah. off the top of my head, and it's a while since I've read a single issue. I think they were at the end of issues generally, ah, or in okay. the middle sometimes, just to right. break it up a little bit, you know. And for those mm-hmm. that don't know, it's basically a a posed question in panel one in a sort of on a black space you know a bit of white writing and it's like who would play you in a movie or um what would what would be your ideal job and stuff like that so he uses um the the regular characters the shermans and the eds and hildes and all these sort of characters but he'll just throw in a single character who we've only seen for a page mm-hmm. occasionally just to answer that question and in doing that alex 
Robinson shows he can capture characters so so well. He's got these people down so well that just that one line is so in line with their personality, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's great. I, I often wondered throughout this book if these were people that he knew. Yeah. And he's just he's just kind of changed them just ever so slightly. Because yeah. it just it all seems too real. I was saying, like, this just... This can't this can't have just been made up on the hoof. Yeah, I agree. He, he must have some life experiences with this, big time. Yeah, I agree. And especially, oh, I don't want to do the, the newer books down because they're very readable, but this is by far his best piece of work to me. Okay. Um, I've read Tricked and ha- um, I've read the, the major books and our expanding universe, Tricked, and is it too cool to be forgotten as well? And they don't hold, hold a candle to this, man. I think this is... The best writing wise, certainly, I think this is the best. Okay. Um, he he. I heard him say in an interview that he said, "Look, um, uh, they said, oh, do you get bored of people talking about box office poison?'" He said, "No, because every time a new book comes out, box office poison outsells it." <laughs> Which is, that's really interesting. Yeah. So. That is. So is 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 it? It's a total staple point. For Seems to be then. like an evergreen sits on the shelf as well. Mm. Yeah, maybe I don't even know how that would work, but I, I don't think immediately. I don't think on day one, but certainly you know during the life of that first printing of a book. Yeah, maybe just when box office poison as well. You know. Yeah, maybe just when his name comes up, they go and have a look and then find out how oh, yeah. many issues of this thing there was and go and get it yeah and this is the classic one of his you know so yeah. why take a chance on a new one you can read this one that everyone says is so good yeah yeah and get a feel for him have you yeah. read any of his other stuff or no 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 not okay. at all um it wasn't until i was actually sitting down to read this i i, I thought i i may have heard the name but there's no way i've read any of this stuff right okay. no way yeah um i mean even the style and everything it was all new to me i was sitting looking like this is I, I, nothing's even triggering off in my head to say I've seen this before. Yeah, you know? it's a strange one, isn't it? It's not. I think there's a couple of books that are sort of fantasy stuff, but it. Every time I read something of him that isn't sort of slice, of, well, this is kind of slice of life, but sort of biography, um, soap opera. The I then go and try and read something that is perhaps a bit more fantastical, and it just seems like it's a couple of inserts in the middle of box office poison. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they're yeah. showing you a comic page that one of them's made. You know, um, I could, I could, I could imagine I'm doing like a fantasy piece, but just purely because there's bits throughout this where he does like grotesque imagery of yeah. like you'll do somebody like screaming about something, or uh, he does at one point Jane's talking about uh, Dorothy, and he, he he does these two parallels of her being like super sweet and then doing like a big evil face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the evil face one literally looks like something ripped out of like a a fantasy witch sort of novel or something like that. He yeah, does grotesque stuff amazingly. Isn't there a moment where Sherman's having sex with someone on the rooftop, and uh, let's call it he finishes, and uh, there's this sort of weird fantasy explosion of his head expanding, and you know, yeah, yeah, there's a bit yeah, of that big as time. well, yeah. Uh, where was it? Um, one. I've actually got it written down one four one. Okay. Um. And it's, yeah, it's like there's one, two, three, four, five, six panels sort of splayed across the top in this. Oh, I've got it, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Broken way. 
uh, and then his head is exploding at the bottom with all these thunderbolts coming off of him. Yeah. And it's, do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd put, it's a heavy underground influence, yeah. but it's also, there's a lot of Kirby in that because he's got, um, he's got these sort of pictures uh, in the background, yeah, like, these real I pictures in the background. That. And, and his explosion actually has a bit of Kirby crackle yeah. in it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's quite something I didn't, realize, I didn't notice that because he's he's having sex with Dorothy on the rooftop, and um, he realizes that there's um, these two sort of female recurring characters who sort of pop in and in and out of it a bit, don't they? They're yeah, kind of homeless, kind of hipsters. They're a couple will walk out of the shop and bump into them, and they'll be getting in an argument with the man they're trying to beg money from or something, and they sort of jump in and out of it a bit, and they're sort of watching um, what's going on. It's actually. Um, quite a sexy bit isn't it it's sort of strangely cartoony sexy because one of the girls starts touching herself and all sorts of things isn't she yeah it really is and it's dorothy like whispering in his, in his ear like more and stuff like that you're yeah. like holy shit you know what i mean um yeah. but the, it i think he definitely i think he realizes it's getting a bit too sexy and then just goes like right sherman blow your head off you know like go for <laughs> yeah, it because they're you know t- tongues out everything yeah there's no fantasy element to this is it these are just normal people which i kind of kind of like about it i mean i'm endeared to them like a huge way who who was your favorite character then man you're gonna you're about it's not ed for you is it no it's a uh, it's a it's an actual combination it's jane and steven okay yeah they're the I lovely love, couple love- aren't they yeah, yeah, I love both of them because the dynamic of the two of them is perfect. Yeah, it's it's absolutely perfect. It is, I mean, it is very movie like. A lot of this is very movie like, and it's, it's a lot of the dialogue and stuff plays like a film. And I could imagine them being like the the cool couple in a film or whatever. But there was little bits of story and stuff between them that were just incredible. And I was in, I was about in tears when it was the whole thing about Christmas. Oh man, that's, I've written down. I will get to favorite moments, but let's do that one now. Did you want to describe? I, I, honestly, me too, man. That's one of my favourite moments in it. It's so yeah. touching, isn't it? Yeah, it's just amazing. What is it? Uh, Jane, Jane, and Stephen's Christmas. Because we go, we and, go through uh, nearly everyone's Christmas, including a couple of sort of side characters as well. We get a couple of like the landlady's Christmas turns out to be quite tragic, don't we? And there's a few little things happen, but they go yeah. to they travel. Is it is it her parents? Isn't it? Yeah, they do they go to her parents, and like they see all of her family. So you see everything. You see like all the sisters. You see the the yeah. niece and the nephew and stuff like that. And it's just the whole thing of Jane's dad passing the role of Santa Claus on to Stephen. And oh man, I was just like, this is incredible. Yeah, and he says I didn't have a son. You know. Yeah. And, he, and Stephen's a slightly older guy, isn't he? He's maybe five years, six years older than the rest of them, and he's yeah. a big beast of a man. You know, he's, yes. uh, and and Jane's this sort of wiry, um, sort of opinionated, and he's just this sort of quieter guy, and she's a sort of normal thing. But they get on so well, and they're always yeah. at it. There's always something. They're always having sex somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Trying to steal a moment before Sherman comes home or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Then they get dressed really quickly. What's happening? Nothing. It's like that. Oh, they it's get They get moment. caught. They get absolutely caught, Bonnie, at that point. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just amazing. Yeah. And like you always see, you always see Stephen's cock in it as well because he's this, <laughs> he's this big, hirsute male. You know, he's totally hairy from top to bottom, and yeah. he's massive like a bear. 
And then every time he's away to do something, or he's like lying back after sex or something, there's always just this big member like in the picture, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Um, but it's great because it's it it makes it more real. It, it really makes it does. more believable. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And like if I think if he'd hidden all that, I would have just been like, no, this is yeah. Shit. I think you're right, and it's, it is adult like that. But the the Christmas thing, he goes back, and Stephen's kind of this. He's a kind of. He'd be an Upper West Side, Upper East Side intellectual in New York now, wouldn't he, in yeah. his older age? Yeah, yeah. And um, he's kind of like, well, should I get the kids to believe in this made-up thing? And and he just does the right thing. He, he does do Father Christmas, and they, the kids go nuts for it. And you're like, yeah. it's the nicest moment. And then let's not spoil the real end, but there's a very real moment that's described in the epilogue, isn't there, about their future lives? And I thought, okay, yeah. that sounds right to me. You know, Yeah, I loved it. Mm. I absolutely loved it. Uh, that epilogue actually that genuinely did make me roll a tear me too man uh, yeah when he's standing yeah. there looking at that thing in front of him yeah and he realizes a... he's done that good thing for him that other guy we know i know yeah. this is very uh we're not we're not helping you to find out but yeah read it yourselves because yeah there was a bit it's not i don't think it's maybe it is actually well, i don't know i'll maybe leave out names but there's a bit when uh Ed sort of describing uh, like he hasn't seen somebody in a in a long time, yeah. And he's like, um, you know, I oh, I, I know, I, I know, I saw them, uh, but by now it'd been, oh, I was going to say two, but now I realise it'd been closer to five years since I'd seen them. Five years, yeah. And he actually repeats it. He's like, people always say time flies, uh, and all that, but it's not until you hit a certain age that it becomes true, really true. Yeah. You're living your life as if nothing's wrong, and all of a sudden you realise that Purple Rain came out 15 years ago, <laughs> and teenagers scare you. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And he's like, if you think I'm full of crap, more power to you, savour this moment. See that that whole bit? That, that Honestly, I was just rolling a tear right there, because I was like, he's so right. Yeah. More and more I find myself saying to like, I think me and Dave have that conversation quite a lot, of like, you think of something... Uh, and more than more times than not, it will have been ten years ago. Even though in your head it's like a month ago. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was thinking about it the other day. I've been retired almost three years now. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it's just yeah, it's just flying yeah. by. But I think there is the COVID effect as well. I think one of the mm-hmm. yeah, I know. It's one of the, one of the things I think we fall into a trap now in modern twenty twenty one is friendships are tribal depending on what tribe you're in so friendships tend to be based around something else you know you're all into mm-hmm. football or and let's face it we're we're um responsible for this as well because we're all into comics we're all friends aren't we yeah but yeah, yeah. what i like about this group is they're all different yet they're friends you know yeah. they're okay you've got two cartoonists but that's just purely coincidental and they come from different areas of it but they're a group of friends who are all different and and it makes it and it uh, an interesting storytelling technique and, and a sort of dynamic for them all to be there together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially the part, there's a, there's one, we'll talk about this, there's one sequence that's the party um, that goes on for, must out of memory, must be a couple, at least a couple of issues because it seems to go on forever. Um, but I just loved that. It just so reminded me of the parties I used to go to in my early 20s where yeah. it would just be a flat and you wouldn't know that many people and it'd be all different people and, Oh, I just loved it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the people like sitting off in dark rooms and stuff on their own, having private conversations and stuff like that. Balconies. As well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I tell you the 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 latter half of this is unbelievable. It's it's like, I mean, it's probably it's probably true, but it's like the first half, um, maybe the first, I don't know, say, two fifty three hundred pages. It's like he's just getting into the characters, yeah. and he's getting a real feel for them. And then as soon as you sort of bridge that gap, and you get to a certain point in the story. It it's like he's he's just flowing with them, and he knows exactly where it's going to go. Yeah, I think for me the and ice skating is where I felt that the most. I think it sort of came uh, together a bit for me there. Um, yeah, do you know what? That's probably the point onwards. Right. That's 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 pro. That's probably exactly where it where it happens. And he does it so well because they all go ice skating, and some people don't want to go on the ice. Some people are good. There's a there's a Spanish um, speaking relative of Ed's who turns up and she's amazing at ice skating. So Sherman goes dancing with her. Dorothy gets um, jealous. Um, I forget his name now, but Sherman's mate from the bookshop who would literally have sex with anything that moves ends up getting oh, with a married hell. woman. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's such a lovely scene. Um, also, the other thing of this is they all live in New York, and of course, no one can afford to live there anymore. You know, this yeah, is totally. in the days where you could, you know, could afford to have a flat and have a flatmate and live in New York and work work in a bookshop around the corner. And of course, those bookshops have gone, and those flats are probably too expensive now. And you know, it's all that sort of thing, yeah. isn't there? You know, yeah, exactly. When he was explaining how much there's a bit where he's being led through an apartment and he's saying what's in it and everything, he's like, oh, it's. I think he says it's like four hundred dollars a month or something. I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, that's so cheap!" <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's now. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Antarctic Press. They were founded in 1984 uh, by Ben Dunn and Mark Ripley. Um, started up to publish the anthology magazine when uh, sort of manga really hit. Um, they got right behind the post Akira influx of manga um, and I think did quite well. Right, they're known for a few things. Um, Gold Digger started there in 1992 and still going. You can still read that sort of manga-esque story. Um, it's about a lot of things, so I won't describe it because it's hundreds of issues long, but uh, that's still going. Um, they also ran an erotic line of comics called Venus Comics, which I'm sure you're a fan of. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> bond- bondage Fairies and Big Boo Bondage were two of their issues, so they obviously had a niche market there, which apparently sold very well. Um, the other thing they're famous for is, unfortunately, the... Um, controversial and rather cautionary tale that of the events that happened between Richard C. Myers and Mark Wade around the Jawbreakers Lost Souls. Um let's call it an incident. Um yeah. which um which they unfortunately got embroiled in and it I think it it became a litigious event, which I don't I will neither blame either of them nor I will, will tell you how it went because I don't know. But the um yeah I think that was quite famous for that sort of thing. They're still going, and they've been going for years. I always think of them a bit, a, a bit of the sort of the American Marcosia almost. They've got that sort of feel to their books. They'll publish all different things, um, no. but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They've got they have they occasionally have some interesting stuff out. I downloaded two books from there today. Um, nice. How would so? Let's, let's talk a little bit about the art. How would you describe the art, man? For those that haven't seen it or read it. Poor. Um, do you know what? I knew you were going to ask this, and. I, I kind of struggle because it's so unique. Like it's so something I've not. I, I mean, obviously I've seen it before because it's it, it's been done. Like you say, it was sort of late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, it, 
it's a later version of the black and white explosion, but with a cleaner line to me. He he himself, I think he's been asked, you know, will you ever go back and redraw some of those earlier pages? You know, I think it was a suggestion before the trade came out, and he says no because I can't bear to look at the earlier pages. Um, I yeah. think he's doing himself a slight disservice there. They're not that bad, but they're not as good as later on. Um, yeah, I just I can't think. Like I was trying to think of what I could maybe even if I could make a comparison to somebody, but I can't. It's a nice, it's a, it's a great solid line. Yeah. There's a lot of confidence to it. Everybody's fleshed out properly. You know, he doesn't have a problem with feet or hands or anything like that, so you can see everything. Yeah. Um, there's loads of background detail. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he draws people in the background and chairs. I mean, he even gets to the point where he, he draws a lot of people in the foreground and the main characters in the background and everything as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's loads of detail going on. There's never a bit sort of missed. I, I, there was never a point where I thought, oh, you know, he's not put enough detail into this or something. He really goes for it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's really heavy on the ink. It's a, like a really saturated black and white. Yeah. I, I think one of the notes I wrote on one of the pages was this page is dripping with ink. Um, he uses a lot of hatching think, when you get further in. There's a lot of... Um, yeah. Sort of, he uses hatching to two-tone backgrounds and windows against you know black black and things. I'm it's a weird one because it's saying it's very cartoony doesn't give you the right impression, but it's no there's a there's a realism blended in there somewhere where people are often paunchy or too skinny or wearing thick glasses or a little bit realistic in the fact they're not perfect perfect bone structures and he gets um types so i think he gets um the easy option for describing dorothy would be um uh christina ritchie there's that sort of yeah it's not moon-faced isn't it but you know what i mean that sort of elfish quality and sherman is a kind of woody allen quality um yeah, in a way, he, he kind of looks... Do you know what? He actually looks like early days uh, Eddie Campbell. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there is a bit of it's that. It's the same, yeah. Yeah, same kind of sort of spiky-ish, sort of messy hair in the, in the, the roundy glasses. Yeah. And when it was when it was early days Eddie Campbell, when he was uh, clean-shaven as well. Right, okay. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, and um, the other thing he does is he does capture... Um, because there's a lot of um, Easter eggs, there's a lot of little cameos that appear. And yes. I'm looking at one now, and it's page 215. I think it's the one I sent you a photograph of, didn't I? Because um, Backer's Got a Wine appears, Eddie Campbell, and um, Crumb appears in that page as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crumb, Crumb appears later on as well. Right, okay. Uh, there's a, there's a Comic-Con. Ah, right, at. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find the page, actually. There's a Comic-Con that they're at, and there's a crowd scene. It's page 516. Okay. Um, yeah. And Crumb is actually just... There's two panels at the top, and then there's like a broken panel on this this big spread at the bottom, and Crumb is right there uh, on the edge of that panel. Okay. And there's actually a couple of there's actually a couple of people in there. Uh, there's a guy that I think looks like Seth. I was going to say Seth myself. Yeah, there is, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, and that's Alex a... Robinson next to him, isn't it? Next to Ed. Uh, I think that's meant to be Alex Robinson because he appears a few times. Or, All right, okay. And um, there's a in that more box office poison. There's a story about Alex Robinson and his missus, written by his missus, about selling the early issues. And she says ah. to him, "You always draw yourself too fat." 
in it. Uh, <laughs> he, does, he does actually, yeah, because I saw his picture and thought he's not that big. Yeah, and he appears yeah. in a couple. There's one earlier on where he's on the train in the seat behind yes. him. Yes. And there's a few, yeah, one yeah. where he's shouting at someone. Um, yeah, so he does grab that. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these people are real people. He's just sort of caricatured them. Um, and, well, that's, that's what I thought. Mm. That's what I thought. There's a guy on stage later on uh, given a bit of a speech before Irving Flavor gets up to give a speech. And uh, I think I noted somewhere saying, is this Gary Groth? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it could be. Because it just kind of looked like it to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the way, the way he kind of presented himself in that as well. Yeah. I thought, is, is this a kind of Gary Groth kind of guy? But I couldn't tell if it was Gary Groth. It sounds terrible to make this comparison. Yeah. But it, I, I couldn't tell if it was Gary Groth or Neil Gaiman. Yes, I wondered Gaiman, actually. That's who I... But I think you're right. I actually think it is Groth. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, I think you're right, it's man. Just yeah. The, yeah, yeah. it's just the way... The, the sort of speech he gives as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he, he kind of says, like... He says something like, oh, it's... You know, this is bullshit or something like that at one point. And you're like, all oh, right. If okay. you go to page 530, um, there's the bottom... The bottom right-hand panel is uh, a comic writer sitting at a table wearing a Gru T-shirt, sweating whilst looking at a pair of breasts walking oh, past yeah. him. Now, I once um, met Pete. I managed to get into the New York Comic Con early, and I met I blagged it in early, and um, I, I bumped into uh, Peter David as he was coming out of the toilet, and I think he'd had, yeah. let's call it, quite a big download because he was sweating quite heavily. <laughs> and uh, that's what he looked like there because I oh, shook really? his hand and he was all sweaty. And, uh, yeah, there you go. There's, do you know, there's a lot of cameo appearances across yeah, it. Yeah. There's uh, at that same convention later on uh, in the crowd. I mean, I'll get you. I'll get you the exact page. Um, there's, there's. Well, actually, that one that I said that Crumb was on on five one six. There's also Charlie Brown. Oh, of course, there uh, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bart, Bart Simpson as well. <laughs> yeah. Is there? Um, but there's also. Yeah. They're all sitting down. They're all sitting down in a crowd, and I think Cerebus is in the back. Okay. Um. Oh fuck! I can't. I can't get the page. I think. I think. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I think I do remember that from when I read it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It's a real old school comic convention, isn't it? The yeah. The, there's one of my favourite moments actually. Speaking of moments, is in it when um, Flavor um, because Flavor's this old dude. He's like pure golden age. He works in a studio drawing adverts for cards, you know, for com- for um, cereal boxes cereal and boxes. stuff like that. Yeah. And he doesn't really know what a convention is. He doesn't really know what's going on in comics. But he created this character. I forget the name. I'm blanking on the name of the character now. Uh, Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Which which is ill named now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that with that documentary that's out of the serial killer that was in the Hollywood Hills or that's whatever true. called the Night Stalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's um, and I think Robinson himself. I've seen him in two. It's obviously a little shtick that Robinson gives. Is he says he's like a cross between Spider Man and Batman. Um, yeah. But obviously, for you know, he does this joke about it. But um, so Flavor goes for a wee, and he's in a public toilet, and he turns around, and Night Stalker's standing there. But because he's kind of this new guy, doesn't really understand cosplay. He 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 thinks he's having this sort of religious moment. Yeah. <laughs> and he says to him, he just stares at him, and he says. Uh, did did I do the right thing? And there's no one else in there. And he takes his hat off and says, "Do I do the right thing?" And Night Stalker just sticks his thumb up and leaves. And you're like, "Oh, that's quite a moment. Yeah. That's quite good." Yeah, yeah. 
it was it was almost like uh, you know being faced with the creator being faced with his creation sort of thing. Yeah, it's like it's like his moment his moment with his uh, like God meeting the the disciple or whatever. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it is. It's just a moment of cosplay. It's just somebody sort of thumbing up and going out the thing, but it just has a total different con- context within that moment as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This... Uh, it was it was five two six by the five way. Five two six, right? Sorry. The yeah, okay. th- there's like a tiny, there's like a crowd scene. I think before they're away to, I think before they're away to watch Planet of the Apes or something, maybe. Okay, and, uh, and the Cyclops and that as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's loads of things. Uh, and I there's think Robinson there's a five again, five two six in the middle. There he is. Oh, is it again? Oh, yes, yeah, so yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, the um, my I got I, this is one of my early commissions. This one, um, which I've bored you with twice because I like head like porridge. I forgot I'd sent it to you before the show, <laughs> so I sent it to you yesterday, and you went, "You sent me that." I told you, so. <laughs> the yeah, um, just me showing off like a twat. But the I this was I can't remember how I even saw it. I got his email and emailed him and asked him how much a commission was because I was just so in love with this comic. I was just reading it monthly and I thought, I really need, really love a commission of this. And he did me an Ed um, Velasquez, which sat above my desk at work for many years. You can tell actually because it's slightly faded. Always get the right gra- grass, uh, glass for your pictures when you do this sort of thing. But it's, yeah. um, and it's really nice. And then I think maybe a couple of years later, I was at New York Comic Con and I was chatting at a table and they had, um, some box office poison for sale on the table and i went oh i've got all these already i was looking down at the table looking down oh, i've got these i've got these and the bloke said oh did you did you want to have a look at these i said oh i've got these really like that in fact i got a commission and i looked up and it was alex robinson who'd been oh. speaking to me and i said oh i said you did me a commission you did the um the ed valeska's commission for me for from england and he uh, and i i'm going to give him the the benefit of the doubt and say it was an awkward encounter um, right. but he wasn't the friendliest of blokes. Oh, it was uh, okay. it almost put me off it, man. I don't know if you've ever had this interaction or something oh, we've yeah. talked about recently. But the well, I know it has with you because we've talked about it. But the it almost put me off buying any more. But I kind of decided in my head to believe myself that it was just awkward, you know. Mm. And yeah, for yeah. years, I used to blame myself that it was me. Do you know what I mean? Especially there was I, I, I much repeated it in an interaction I had with um, Chris Claremont. Where he was just like really rude to me. And as a 14-year-old, I decided it was me. I'd made some sort of social <sighs> faux pas and approached him when I shouldn't have done, when he was standing there, with, you know. And uh, and he wasn't. It was just him being a rude fucker, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. I was so upset, it almost put me off comics. Um, and as I stated a few weeks ago, it was Karen Berger and Alan Moore who sort of said hello to me as I walked around the corner all upset and asked me if I was all right. And I thought, well, that's... Oh, no, I'm back in again now, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Two of the best people to pull you yeah, back oh in Oh, my God, well. yeah, yeah. I remember looking <laughs> up at them on the stairs, and they're both looking down at me, and I'd, I'd clearly interrupted a conversation they were having to get past, and they right. went, you're right, or something something similar. I can't remember the exact words. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, and they said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, Mr. Moore, I'm a big fan. He says, oh, thank you, and I just walked on, and just that's all I needed, you know. Yeah. Just a, a nice guy, which Moore is, and uh, and Berger, you know, and um, Karen Berger is as well, a nice lady, and... Uh, yeah. It was an awkward moment, and mm-hmm. I think if you're going to be at a convention table, don't do a convention table if you do have if you don't have the ability to put a couple of words together. Sometimes yeah, exactly. you know you don't need to be that's... a Mister Party Party Central, but you have to actually speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A simple smile and a thank you goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. But but 
it's just oh man that 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 whole interaction of just like a total false blank stare back at you and then just a nod on is uh, yeah I know. awful it's awful well, i know i know sadly i know it happened to you from a book that you were a big fan of and yeah. um i can't remember whether i warned you beforehand but i don't i can't remember now but i remember it was almost months later you didn't say it to me at the time do we because we were at the same convention together and it's only months later you said to me uh it was a bit rude yeah yeah and uh i, was, yeah. I felt mortified i've still got I've, uh, i know what you're on about i've yeah. still got them uh yeah. but yeah it's um yeah it still irks me big time <laughs> it irks me still yeah yeah because yeah. that person is is by far the least polite person i know um yeah, I had to share yeah, a journey did, with him at one point, and uh, it was just painful. Yeah, um, you did. You did warn me, to be fair. Oh, did I? I just okay. uh, right. Y- yeah, you did. You did. What you you sort of briefly said, and I did. I did sort of go. Oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no. But you do take people. <laughs> you you take people as you take people, not how other people take people. Which I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Is the best way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my experience with it, and I, I still like the the commission. It's still. I like it because I like the character Ed and I can in this case not in every case separate the artist and the and the um the art and I have bought the newer books which I haven't enjoyed as much but I've certainly bought them and enjoyed to an to a certain extent you know um but mm-hmm. this is the one book that I've I think this is maybe my fourth reread of it for this event oh, nice. for this pod and uh every time it gets me man every single time yeah. it gets me in what kids call the feels these days you know <laughs> right in the field right in the fields yeah get all talks of more sure right? <laughs> <laughs> um it, so we're, we're just talking about the art there um i i don't I, they've recently colored this haven't they um yeah they have. i'm not sure if in i'm fact, in love with the colored version or not um well Dave uh, Robertson, my my pal Dave Robertson, yeah. uh, my, mine and yours, yeah, um, yeah. regular co-host. Very, yeah, very kindly um, gave me the first uh, coloured issue of it, um, and so I said, you know, it's better on your shelf than mine. You'll appreciate it. And uh, yeah, mm, no, I would, I'd much rather this in black and white. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm I, the same. I think that having this one issue as as an oddity is great. Yeah, and I, I like I like to see it and see what choices they've made in in the the types of hair color and all that kind of stuff. It, but it, I think if I had read this in color, I think it would have been slightly put off. Yeah, it's a bit on the nose the color for me. I think they, they are, to be fair, there are only four issues, five issues I think available in color, so they haven't done the whole right. thing. But yes, yeah. it was. Oh, they're doing it in color. It's, that's a book from twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like speaking. Of- yeah. Speaking of um, Eddie Campbell, actually, yeah, it kind of it kind of smacked of um, the recolouring of From Hell. Yeah, which I have not read. I have to say, yeah, I'm aware of yeah. it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the same. I, I, somebody could probably tell me that I'm I'm wrong, but um, it, I think it looks like the same kind of computer colouring that he sort of did on those pages as well. Right, and it's just kind of flat colours. And I don't know. It, I don't. I don't think it really works. Yeah, I get you, man. I think if I think if you were going to color it, you do. You go the whole hog. Um, you don't just kind of go, you know, Photoshop, paint bucket, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. is what it kind of looks like. Yeah. In places, but you know, this is what um, little shout out to Perch. This is what they call, and it's something that Perch and us we, we were discussing the other day. This is what they call 
uh, a review by the way everyone everyone who's listening to this so um <laughs> you can talk about the good things and the bad things and it doesn't need to be weighted in either way and um a review just isn't a, talking about a book in glowing colors it's or in glowing praises it's um an actual examination of the book so so i remember perch said to me he'd been in contact with a major comic company and they said i oh, will send you the book but it's got to be a good review and i was fucking amazed is yeah. this how far we have fallen in the yeah. world oh. yeah it can, can be. Can, I always thought that any press for for something was was good press, but apparently not. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it reviews its own discipline. And if you can't review a book, then it's just publicity. There's, I know, um, I know, I know a number of people, a, a very large number of people, who are actually almost compelled to read something if it gets a bad review. Yeah. So I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand this whole thing. It's only of, that way with movies, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, 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 big time. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I get you on that one. Cool. Anyway, sort of give a shout out to Birch because uh, we're fans. Um, and he, <laughs> have you heard the last episode? He was good. He was really good. I was really, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, one. yeah, he was yeah. A good lad. Yeah, yeah we good. really liked him. Um, and he's promised to come back on. Yeah, I think he had a laugh. He's mentioned oh, nice. so, yeah. so a little talk about Alex Robinson. He was born in August 1969 in New York in the in the Bronx. He went to the School of Visual Arts, which is a school that has been brought up many times here. Um, I think some of the lecturers at the SVA, as it's called, include Will Eisner and Carmine Infantino and a number of others. I know Bob Fingerman went there. There's, you could, you, it's a long list of people who went to SVA. He graduated in 1993. Um, he also, similarly to Sherman, did work in bookshops. So there's a big section. Ah. It's a little bit overdone, that joke to me, um, about people asking and being rude to them in bookshops. It seems to be... There seems to be maybe four or five occasions where just the... You know, it's like working in a pound shop and someone asking you how much this is. It's, oh, can you point me in the direction of where I can get a photocopy? Or can I read these books for free if I stay here? You know, all the obvious questions. That, but Sherman shows yeah, himself think... as being a bit of a twat by just being rude to everyone, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he I think he just wanted to get that uh, old retail habit out of him somehow. Um, it, like you say, it's just overwrought and overdone. Yeah. It, it, it would have done well for the sort of first page in which it showed up. Um, which I thought was a really good. I mean, yeah. having worked retail, I worked retail for like twelve years or something like that. And uh, yeah, you do get a lot of stupid questions, and it's it's good to get that down and on a bit of paper. Yeah. Showing again, it just loses its effect. Yeah. yeah you know, you, you you see it the first time and go, oh, "That's funny," and then by the second time, you're like, oh, "Fucking hell!" Like this guy can't half half go on about retail, can he? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. His um his other books include tricked. Um, something called Lower Regions, Too Cool to Be Forgotten, um, A Kidnapped Santa Claus from 2009, which I haven't read, and Our Expanding Universe from mm. 2015, which is um, I reviewed on the ACP uh, a few years ago. Um, he's in a podcast and artistic group called The Ink Panthers, which I used to listen to. I'm not sure if it's still going. And he does a podcast, mm. which is, I think, a review of a minute at a time of Star Wars. Oh, uh, one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's loads of people that do that yeah i know there's loads of people that do that the guys from i think the guys from i fanboy used to do that with goodfellas that's right that's where i'd heard of it before yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i've heard I've done, but, but they took it from somebody else as well yeah I'm somebody sure. else had done that like oh yeah uh, yeah to be <laughs> fair he is from what you is shown in the comic he is a big star wars fan isn't he there's ed's mm-hmm. a huge star wars fan and he's he spends ages deciding whether he's going to but is it a bantha? Is that what they call them? Bantha. Yeah, yeah. he's going to yeah. buy a bantha or something. Um, yeah, it's not. It's, it's not something I listen to. I know. I, I mostly I listen to loads of stuff before we do these podcasts. You know, I have a listen. I try and find interviews. He is. I think Alex Robbins is a friend of um, iFanboy. 
I think they, oh, they, really? yeah, they did quite a few. They did a couple of sort of longish. There's a video interview you can find online, which is really poor quality. So I only listen to the audio because it's all fuzzy. I think it must be from an old bit of videotape or something, maybe. But yeah, it's, it's quite a good one. Um, right. The there's, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of great stuff in here. One of the other things I wanted to mention was the use of naturalistic and overlapping dialogue balloons. Um, which they yeah. use quite a lot, don't they? Did you want to just describe that for listeners? Yeah, well, there's um, loads of bits where they'll be like sitting around in the pub together, yeah. and it's it's just the conversation of them going back and forward. But you'll get like you'll get the start of the sentence, and then you'll get the reply, but the reply's under the next bubble. Yeah. So it's it's just like you and your mates talking over each other at a, at a table. Yeah. Um, and that happens quite a lot, especially if there's lots of characters within a scene at a party or uh, together in a, a line at a queue, or if it's somebody listening to somebody talking. Yeah, they're just getting like the end of a sentence or something like that because they're just kind of looking at them. You know, it gives a um, so occasionally it gives like a time lapse thing. Yeah. So Ed and Hilde, Hilde walking along, chatting to each other, it overlaps just to show they've talked about a lot you know they've they're interested in each other you know there's yeah and you can you catch little whiffs of what they're talking about by the edges of the words and stuff yeah, yeah. it's clever there was yeah three nine three nine eight uh has sherman ed and james oh, all yeah. sitting yeah. round like a big yeah, cloud like above a, their heads yeah just loads and loads of speech bubbles that works really really well it works really well like that i'm not a I'm not a massive fan of when people uh, cram loads of speech bubbles on a page, but yeah. that that works well because it's within context, and because it's it's that kind of a scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, yeah. So it's, it's think, we've all sat there, haven't we? You're talking about all sorts of things, trying to get a word in edgeways, and you know, it's it's a bit like that. Plus, James is all, yeah. also a brilliant character, and he would he's the character who would have sex with anything that moves. It's James, isn't it? Is that right, James? Yeah, 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 it's James. He fucking creeped me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> he creeped me out. It, but the only reason he creeped me out more than anything, like, first, okay, it's that whole thing of, like, oh, he'd fuck anything that moves or whatever. And it's, uh, you know, it's a cliche t- kind of character to put in things. And it's it plays well with the kind of story that he's telling and the, within the time that it's set. Yeah, as well. because you've got funny. Sherman, like, stressing about girlfriends and how they feel about him. And you've got Ed stressing about he'll never get a girlfriend. And this guy sort of yeah. swoops in every so often with a girl who's, like, barely of age at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's the thing. That was yeah. the, the two things that put me off of him was, one, that he was like, oh, she breathe in. Yeah, well, then she'll get it. And it's like <laughs> she, they're talking about, like, a 14-year-old. I'm like, Christ. And the other one was uh, when Ed's at that party trying to get in about that girl. He slips something in her drink and gives it to Ed and goes, on you go, son. Oh, I missed that. I must have missed that bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's how Ed ends up, like, he ends up hallucinating and passing out is because James Oh, they swap drinks? Of course they do. Yeah, well, he has a drink, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, right. I wonder why it's suddenly, because he sort of throws up, doesn't he, and passes out, and they put him in the bed. Yeah. And it could have ended so much better for him. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry, man. Sorry. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 totally, man. <laughs> yeah, it could have ended up so much better. You're right, and it's. Uh, but yeah, James was the sort of culprit. He'd slip something in a drink, and I said, "Like, oh, you creepy bastard!" He's sort of the pedo yeah. Loki of it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> and he, he just appears to give uh, a lot of the time as well. He appears to give Sherman a bit of extra motivation and sort of give Sherman perspective on his relationship. Yeah. 
um, because James is sort of lethario about town and giving this whole thing of like, oh, I'm going with this girl and this girl, blah, blah, blah. And he's sort of looking at his life with Dorothy and going, mm, should I be yeah. doing the same? Because yeah. I don't know. I want, I spend most of the comic hoping that Sherman gets rid of Dorothy. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, he's such, he's become such a, a knob. I'm yep. quite happy for him to be with her and be unhappy. I will say at the very, very start, the very start, um, when they're introducing each other um, with, with the, one of those eight-panel pages, yeah. Dorothy says, "I'm Dorothy Lestrade, uh, and I'm not the bad guy." And by the end of it, you're like, "Well, not to kind of spoil things, but you know, you're like, no, Dorothy, you're not the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. you're really not because your manners. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's the bad guy. He's self-destructive, I think, and I think." Part of his self-destruction comes from his broken childhood, which they show, don't they? Their father turns up, yeah. who's got yet another girlfriend. And his self-destruction is what finds her, finds Dorothy and hooks up with her. Yeah. Because he knows she's bad for him. But then he yeah. destroys, almost destroys his relationship with Ed by saying, oh, you know, Ed, we were going to get a flat together. Well, I've promised Dorothy because I ended up, I told her I'd kissed this other girl. And, you know, and he's, he's just, yeah, just doing it to himself, help. you know. Yeah. He's just—he's very self-involved. Yeah. Very self-centered. Everything's just around him. Yeah. And it's—it uh, <laughs> sounds awful, but there's just there's lots of aspects of him that I literally was thinking of myself. I mean, like God, I was like this. <laughs> yeah. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And it's—I it, it, mean, I'm sure I'm sure everybody has had that at one time or another where they see a horrible character and go, "Oh Christ." Um. And there was just aspects of him. I was like, "Oh, this is terrible." Yeah. This is why. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably why I don't like him. Yeah, he's highlighted aspects of myself that I don't like. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, he is the. Yeah, it's almost like Sherman is the person, and everyone else is good and bad aspects of his personality in a way, isn't it? Yeah, you've got the great yeah. couple, you know, Jane and Thingy, and you've got Ed, the the loyal, quiet, sensitive friend, and you've got James, the the extreme version of Sherman, and you've got um, Dorothy, who's his destructive inner self and yeah. yeah there's a bit of that going on but Robinson himself says he shifts the focus he says he purposely shifts the focus because he, he began to dislike Sherman which shows I suppose yeah. You know. yeah it does it really does show and that's I, I think I, I noted that at some point that like uh, you know we, we were following him all the way through and it was either one of two things was that he felt that the, the story was either developing or that he just straight up didn't like the character and didn't like the way that he was going yeah. and just lost interest and thought, oh, no, forget him. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame him. I really don't blame him because there's so much There's so much more going on with Ed by that point yeah, as well. Yeah, the, the Flavor thing becomes really interesting. And we, yeah. won't, we won't ruin it, but basically Flavor, Ed sets the ball rolling to... He realises that um, Flavor created the Night Stalker. Just that they, oh, my God, he created Night Stalker. He yeah. deserves some money, so they go along the whole um, Simon and Schuster, um, the jo- Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, uh, Siegel and Schuster, others, uh, Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, um, Bill Finger. They go along that line, the Neil Adams line, mm-hmm. and they get hooked up with this slightly sort of wizard magazine-y, rebellious yeah. couple of guys who are just twats. Um, and and it, you you actually wonder how it's going to turn out for him, don't you? You are kept mm-hmm. holding on, and you don't know how it's going to go for Flavor in the end. And it's good and bad, in a way. Yeah, in a way, yeah, it is good and bad. And ultimately, there's aspects that really do work out and aspects that are 
hearts are just heartbreaking. Yeah. But do you know what? Much like life. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. every not everything is so rosy that it gets a happy ending. There's there's things that there's fallout from everything. Yeah. You know, there's always something that's real, gonna real happen around about. Aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Not least of which is it's another book where a fucking dog bites the dust. What is happening? Uh, Stop killing dogs uh, in our comics. Yeah, we should start man, like a little I, Twitter hashtag thing, shouldn't we? I know. Stop killing I was, dogs. You know, in I comics. was more I was really more worried about you. I mean, I took it, I took it really badly anyway, but I was yeah. more worried about you. I was like, is he remembering that this is I'd in I'd forgotten. This? Yeah, I'd completely forgotten. Yeah. I, there's two. There's a dog that dies because basically Dorothy's a twat and almost Dick. said the C yeah. word. But the, and then there's, <laughs> then she gets another dog. You're like, fuck's sake. Two? That's, yeah. She gets yeah. two? It's awful. <laughs> um, yeah, she just... I, <laughs> I didn't like her because she's an irrespons- irresponsible dog owner as well. Yeah, yeah. And you know that that plays big on me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, me I'm, too. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just sitting looking like, God, she'd be, she'd be the type of customer I would just be like, Oh, you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a dog that absolutely hates me, but I couldn't. If anything happened to him, I would. It would break me utterly. Yeah. You know, it's like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she just exactly, is man. selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Even even when even in the moment when that the first sort of kind of pages of where that becomes apparent that something has happened, uh, she actually says like, "Oh, I'm too tired. I'll feed you tomorrow." Oh. I just thought, "Fucking hell." Yeah. Get, stuck get in a that grip. Flat. Yeah. He never walks. Yeah. He's yeah. sitting there all day waiting on her to come home, and then just eventually, "Oh yeah, I'm t- I'm too tired." Oh Christ. <laughs> um, but that was, those pages were done really well. Yeah, they were. Yeah, there's. Uh, they were. I mean, it was heartbreaking, but it was. Yeah, it was flashes done to the tremendously. Dog, flashes to the hospital, the phone ringing, him being called over. Yeah, yeah, that's that's drama, and it's like the pacing's great in this. I love. There's gentle pacing in it, but you feel there's like foreshadowing and uh, there's conclusions, and but nothing's completely concluded because it's real life and. Yeah, yeah, I do like that about it, man. I think he draws so well on these characters. Um, yeah, big time. I read, I read a couple hundred pages before bed a couple of nights ago, and and it played on my mind, man. It just, I kept thinking about yeah. it, you know. Um, yeah, when you when you first asked me to, uh, if we wanted to do this, um, I started reading it, and I, I, honestly, it got to the bit with the dog, and it, it it was just like two pages after, and I put it there and went away to bed, and I had I started dreaming about it. Yeah. And then I woke up the next day and couldn't stop thinking about the fact I had to get back and read on. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I need to find out what's going, what's happening. I mean, they, they kind of, like you say, they kind of concluded that bit. But saying like, I need to find out what the emotional yeah. uh, aspects are going to be after this. You yeah. Know what I mean? Hope he dumps her. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's all that sort of thing going yeah. on. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there you go, man. It was a great, uh, it was a great choice because I made it. Thank you. Thank myself. But yeah, I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm really glad you enjoyed it, man. It's uh it's one it's one I mention a lot on on the ACP. I well, not a lot, but I mention it every so often. And it's yeah. um it's a little bit of an evergreen because like you say it's like on its fifth print or something now, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I just I just really think it it would it would show the people who are oh, look at me in indie comics these days, you know, I'm all about indie comics. Or read this. Yeah, it's none of exactly. these self-indulgent bullshit that we get in indie comics these days. This is real stories, you know, about real people and done well and Okay, there's a little roar at the start, cartooning wise, but it really grows. And um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of people who could do this rather than you know telling about how sad they feel. This is this is about real people. Yeah, yeah, man, it's really inspiring stuff yeah. as well. Like if you if you read through it and and you go through it and go, 
like is it this easy to tell the story it's obviously it's a very it's a, a very well thought out piece yeah, of work very and stuff, but it's not like it? yeah 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 but it's not like anything really huge happens you know there's nothing like on a grand no. like galactic scale or anything like that it's just it's very insular in a way um like story-wise yeah you know and it's it, I, I just was sort of looking at it like god this if this if it's this easy yeah um i just if you, if you can do something and, and still manage to grip people with that then god you you just you just gotta go for it yeah all the way through i wanted probably three quarters of the people in it just to be happy and end up happy yeah. i wasn't overly yeah. fussed about dorothy and sherman but like ed ed and hildy i want them to be together i want this to work out you know yeah. it's like and ed gets it's... it so wrong oh do you want to go to your room and she's going well not really oh no i made a mistake you know it's like the mistake we, we've all made at his age you know yeah. it's like yeah <laughs> it's you know what man it, it's it's that whole thing I'm, I'm very simple i like people to end up happy yeah. in things yeah. i hate when i watch something and I'm getting invested in the characters, and then it just ends with them like parting ways. I'm like, oh for fuck! <laughs> it just does me in, yeah. does me totally in watching something like that. So to get characters where they finally get moments and stuff, oh, it's so good, it's so satisfying. Yeah, it is, yeah. And yeah, and this manages to hit a lot of different aspects in that: it's satisfying and disappointment. There's loads of stuff. It's just, oh, it's great. <laughs> It's really good. I'm really glad you picked it, dude. I'm yeah, really stuff, glad man. you pushed me no, to I'm read glad. it. Right. So that's enough of Mr. Robinson. So over to you for a couple of minutes, dude. So um, last time I heard on the podcast, it appears that Mike was unzipping his trousers. Um, <laughs> and you were talking about comics intentions, which is a great idea. I love that idea. Um, yeah, what uh, What else you got planned, right? Um, well, we've got a couple of other episodes in the pipeline. Right. What already recorded? things. Yeah, already recorded. We did one the other day on just simply on dinosaurs. Oh, the mic! I wonder who thought of that one. Oh no, you'd be surprised. Oh, okay, it was yeah, yeah. it was not it was not um, the mighty Mike's uh, topic, um, but it helped that you know we've got somebody that's massively into dinosaurs. <laughs> that was um, uh, I listened to the environmental one. He went on about dinosaurs in that as well. But and oh, and sharks. He loves a shark, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does that. Yeah. He very much does. Um, but yeah, so we did dinosaurs recently. We've done a couple of other things. I've got a creative conversation coming up next week that I'm very Is excited this about. Recorded and coming out next week, or you haven't recorded it yet? I haven't recorded. Well, it I yet. know who this is, so we can't. We won't spoil. But well, we can spoil it if no. you want to. But yeah, I don't want to spoil. Uh, it. No, I'll hold, I'll hold on. Hold, to hold your water, yeah. my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was very another... excited. So I don't know how you feel. Oh, I'm I'm still. Elated that it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, still, I'll, I'll not say, do you know, what, I'll not say it's going to happen because you never know what happens in yeah. life. So something, yeah. something could end up coming up. But if, if all being well, I'll have a. a Let's good, just say that those people that follow you online may have guessed. There's yeah, probably. Yeah, could, there's a way you could guess. I think of recent postings. Let's just say that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it should be pretty, pretty cool. Um, I need to ask you a question about that as well afterwards. So it's something that okay. much, much bothers me, and I'm never sure if I'm right or not. Good and okay. um, second second volume of the comic is that coming? Yeah, it is, man. We're just taking our time with this one. Right. Um, the first one was really quick. All of us had something poised and ready to go. Right. Um, and I think this time around we're just taking things a bit more considered. There's some of us taking on different roles and stuff, and uh, you know we're just we're just really taking our time. We're not in any rush to get it out. 
Um, I'm not trying to hit some magic deadline or anything like that. Yeah. You know, we're just as to. long as we're yeah, as long as we're happy doing it, then we'll we'll do it. Um, I've already started planning out my strip that I'm doing in it. Can you um, say who's drawing it? Is it you, are you drawing it or someone else or? No, that's me. Oh, good. Me. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. uh, oh, my own one that I'm I'm actually doing. Uh, overall, we've done the same thing that we did the last time though. We're 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 sort of juggling. You know, somebody will do a script and somebody will do some writing of one of our other ones and right. stuff like that. So, yeah, there's there'll be a bit of each of us within each of the strips and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we were tossing we were tossing around um, pictures of sort of planned pictures of covers and stuff like that. And 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 as was revealed on the uh, on the Never Iron Anything podcast, uh, our special guest is Alan Henderson. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he just texted me actually funny enough yeah yeah good oh, did he? yeah, oh, yeah he's a yeah. good lad but he's he's um he sort of gave me some previews the other day and it's looking great oh good stuff man yeah uh, yeah color yeah, or black and white great. with him can you tease or um i'll i'll play it close okay, to the chest fine, i won't say yeah um but there's you know it, it's just it will come out when it comes out it's still underway. It's still going, um, and we're planning to just once the second one's done, we'll probably just give it a wee while, and then we'll start working on the third. Nice. We'll we'll probably just be pretty consistent and pretty constant with that. It just we're not going to tie it to yeah, just have you fun know. with it till it stops being fun, and don't push it. And yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're right. Yeah, that's kind of how I, we work. I, yeah. Yeah, there's far too many things these days that are constrained by, oh, I want to do this quarterly, or, oh, I need to hit some sort of de- deadline that I've <laughs> yeah. made in my head and stuff like this. And he, like, figuring it out the other day from the, the podcast, when I when I realised I'd went over the sort of bi-weekly mark that I normally do, yeah. I, I looked and went, oh, who cares? Hmm. I was like, it doesn't matter. I'll just do it when I do yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We, yeah. Did the, um, we did the Awesome Comics Anthology. We put four out in a year, and um, it's pretty intense, yeah. 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 Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. It was fun and we did enjoy it. Um and we keep yeah. promising to do it again, but putting four out in a year is quite one every three months. And we had deadlines at certain conventions. Right. So we said this is going to be out of True Believers, this is going to be out of Cardiff, you know, it's like that. Um yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. I've still got a couple of boxes left of it, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I think if we if we really wanted to, we would do it. Yeah, of course. You know, we have, yeah. I'm not we saying it's a good idea. Saying... Well, far from it, man. Yeah, I think in, <laughs> in, in retrospect, I probably wouldn't have put us under that pressure. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. It wasn't my idea. Vince and Dan, they drive this boat. <laughs> I'll just sort of hang on. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Shifting the blame. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> what else you got planned? Do you think you got much else on the go? Eh. Uh, do you know what, man? I'm 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 just constantly reading just now. Good. Um, I I felt like I wasn't really reading enough recently. Um, I was kind of, I was completing collections and stuff through like eBay bargains and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I'm I'm constantly trolling eBay to see if I can get a good sort of <laughs> nothing nothing over four quid sort yeah, of thing. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I'm almost finished my Jeffrey Brown collection. Um, minus the Star Wars ones because I, I yeah just, I, I think minus the Star Wars things and minus the cat getting out of a bag. Uh, oh no, I've still got oh, that. Like but, uh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, uh, I know what you mean. I know you know, but yeah. I, I think he kind of wrote the book on them. But hey, oh. yeah, um, more than one. But yeah, just yeah. I'm just trying to read as much as I can because you can only go so far chatting about stuff 
before you have to yeah really i do i think that's a fault of a lot of pod- comics podcasting and they end up you, you put them on you think oh, i'll give this comics podcast a go and i don't mean this about american ones because i think they generally are okay but the, i think the british mm-hmm. ones you think oh this is a comics podcast and you think they're just talking about movies and tv shows and what have they read you know yeah i, I feel I was... that about reviewers as well a couple of reviewers recently have revealed i don't, I don't want to be that bloke who says your collection is not big enough to review a comic but it needs to be <laughs> You need to have read a few things to be able to compare. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's that's the thing, and you have to really sort of broaden your horizons as well. And I think that was what I really wanted to do, especially just this year, was was sort of broaden it a wee bit. I mean, I'd you know I'd read superhero stuff, I'd, I'd read the odd underground thing and yeah. whatever, but I was sort of thinking like, well, I kind of want to explore like the American small press scene and stuff like that as well. I don't see any of that yeah. because none of it's. None of it's in the shops or anything over here, and as long as it's got a, a sort of fairly okay postage rate, yeah. then I'll I'll get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, that's um, that's what I'm heading for now. Is we're, that's what we're doing? Is um, yeah. I, I I'm I'm bored with a lot of fucking UK small press. It's the same thing. There's a couple of comics I say if you try and send it to me again, I'm going to scream. Honestly, stop trying to yeah. send me the same comic four times a year. Um, and I've decided I just need, we need to get our heads out of the bubble because I think we're it's a downward spiral of quality if you don't. Um, well, that's that's the thing as well. Like you, you, you run the risk of just sort of passing comics between or buying the same people over yeah, and over again. Yeah. Which I, I mean, if I enjoy it, I'll buy the it. The snake you will mean, eat it's, itself it's, on it, but yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, but there's there's only so far it can go, and we, we all could do a broaden our horizons, especially when it comes to art. You know what I mean, yeah. when it comes oh, to yeah. having, having a good perspective on it. I mean, I think I said to you before. I'd, tried to read a bit more uh, from the European market and stuff yeah. like that as well. I did do that, and I was enjoying that, but I just kind of fancy a bit of American small press now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's not, yeah. it's not like the European stuff is unavailable here. We we've got we've got a slightly better um, chance of getting that stuff um, on the sort of peripheral as we would sort of any of the sort of American small press. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I think you're right, especially digitally these days. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, well, let's talk about that in a minute, actually, because I've got a suggestion for you. But yeah, 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 good stuff. Nice one, man. So, where can we find you, and where can we find the podcast online? Um, your best place to find me is uh, at that comic smell on Twitter and Instagram. I am on Twitter again, personally, but yeah, I, yeah, don't. Don't, don't don't bother going on that. I just chat rubbish. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, if you. I tend to be if you Google that comic smell, yep. you'll get it all for iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, all that nonsense. Yeah, but definitely we've got so I, I think we've got some cracking episodes. Yeah, it's good off. stuff, man. Def- yeah, definitely. yeah, it's good. Um, you don't get so many crisp sounds and peanut eating sounds on 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 Zoom. I notice, but uh, I know it's, it's lacking that charm. But I'm still I'm still really enjoying it, man. I like it. Yeah. I always try to get a, a bowl of popcorn, but it seems to get cut somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact you're on, you're, you're on Skype, whatever you do it on, and uh, Mike's still late. Oh, yeah, yeah. Genius. Yeah. If my, but the last, I think the last time Mike was the only one that was actually on. It was the rest of us that were giving it, like, I was getting a cup of tea, I was finishing off my tea, I was just getting a bowl of packet of crisps, you know. And he's like, I was the only one here. <laughs> That's a good impression of him, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Mike. We, we, yeah, it's, it's always a good. I always like to listen to it. I listened to. I finished listening to the, the last one. I think yesterday on the sort of daily walk. But yeah, that's no, a good oh, one. Nice it's a good one to walk to. 
Good stuff, Thanks. man. Um, we are currently at Tribute Press. We're running a Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash Tribute Press, £1.49. You get a page every weekday. You get a video on a Saturday, and you get a video or a podcast on the Sunday. So we've got more of that coming up. We are great, currently in the middle of the origin story of George Mayhem, which is the current story about a man who lives in the sewers, eats people, commits acts of justice, and also is in love with a woman who walks past his grate every morning. So get on that. It's um, We're really pleased with the way it's doing, and, and Forpy's killing on it. I love Forpy's art, you know. He's a good lad. It's great, man. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, I'm enjoying watching the sort of sketch videos and He's stuff great, as well. He's great, yeah. He always throws a few, yeah. few slides in about me, yeah. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good. Um, and I've done a sort of, I do like a sort of back issue dive video, um, mm-hmm. which I've managed to just about upload these days. So I just about managed it. And I actually put some credits on it. I'm quite pleased with myself this week. Um, yeah, and we've got a podcast Look, coming you- next week. We recorded one uh, a couple of days ago, which comes out next week which is we run through a lot of um, U.S. small press stuff, U.S. and underground small press. Yeah, there's there's some stuff in there, some pretty lively stuff, Um, stuff that you'd probably see at Power Comics or maybe some kayfabe, Mm -hmm. that sort of area of stuff, Strangers, Bubbles, that sort of area. So we're quite pleased with that. Good. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll have a chat in a minute about another one, hopefully, if if you're up for coming back. Always enjoy chatting to you, man. Good stuff. Always, man. Thank you. See you soon, man. (laughs) 